I'm now joined by Luke Chappell of BlackRock, who has managed part of our UK and General Progressive Fund since October 2013. Luke, it's good to see you. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me back. Luke, you may be a new name to some of our listeners, so perhaps you could first of all give us a brief overview of the way in which you manage money. We're looking for companies with a sustainable competitive advantage, and particularly those where the market thinks that advantage will be eroded far more quickly than we think is likely. We also like to find those companies where there's some structural change going on, but the vast majority of our portfolios that we run will be invested in, the, in that former category. You said at the beginning of 2014 that this would be a year when companies in developed markets would have to deliver on promises they made in the previous year. Whilst we're not at the end of the year yet, do you believe so far this year that's happened? Well, it's terrible to have your predictions played back <laughs> to you, but it's a it's a good discipline. Uh, yes, I think that we were saying that because we felt that 2013, in round terms, you know, the market was up 20% and in aggregate earnings fell 5 or 6%, so that the rise in the market was just driven by repricing of risk. And in order for the market to make further progress, we felt that we had to see some delivery in terms of earnings. Now, that hasn't happened quite as we would have hoped. In mitigation, I think what we've seen further strength in sterling, or at least we were seeing further strength in sterling until the Scottish vote came onto the horizon. And we've also seen dollar strength as well. So I think that the underlying earnings has been better, but not quite good enough. And that's why the market has broadly traded sideways in 2014. And there's a couple of points that I wanted to pick up on. Firstly, you were talking about the environment of earnings decreasing, but the market's going up and sort of more flat markets, but, but earnings increasing a bit this year. From a stock picker's perspective, which do you find a, an easier market to operate in or are both as challenging as, as the other? I think both are challenging. I think what's most challenging of all is when markets are driven simply by macroeconomic trends. So, for instance, in the second quarter, it wasn't about fundamentals at all. It was all about a resetting of interest rate expectations, particularly in the US. We tend to follow their lead. But also here in the UK, Mark Carney, who was, I think, unkindly coined the, sort of the, the unreliable boyfriend, he, he wasn't sure whether he was coming or going. And the market got in a bit of a wobble about that. But yeah, that, 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 that kind of environment is more difficult when fundamentals predominate. That, that's the environment that we prefer. And you also referred to the movement of sterling during 2014, that it's been strong and then has more recently weakened a bit. How much does that complicate your job as a fund manager? I think it certainly complicates the job, but I think complicating in, a, in an interesting and a challenging way, I think it puts greater emphasis on fundamental analysis. It means you have to understand how the move in sterling changes the earnings profile of a company. There's the easy part, which is, will translate overseas earnings at a different rate, higher or lower. And there's a much more difficult part, which is where it gets interesting, which is working out how that affects a company, how it affects its suppliers, its competitors, when it comes to transacting. And that's the part that's been, I think, really challenging, but where also we see opportunities. So, for instance, in the retail sector, where the vast majority of their purchases now, for better or for worse, are made overseas, the rate at which they buy their, their dollars 
is a very important component of their profit and loss account for the following year. And in terms of the balance between companies' ability to deliver on their domestic growth opportunities as opposed to their global growth opportunities, presumably the, the level of sterling is very important in that. Um, how have you had to adjust your expectations during the year as sterling has moved? We've, we've not adjusted our expectations very significantly. I think when sterling reached 172 against the dollar, we, we were very surprised by its strength. We don't tend to spend a huge amount of time predicting the level of currencies, but it's important when you see moves of that magnitude. I wouldn't single out any individual company that we own in a portfolio. It's a concentrated portfolio, obviously, of around 20 names. There is no single company within that that is particularly exposed to movements in, in, in currency. Some have benefited at the margin, but nothing I would particularly highlight. And in terms of low interest rates, you mentioned those a, a few moments ago. Clearly, there's been further speculation about when interest rates will begin to, to eventually rise. I wondered how that has impacted in the way in which companies have been describing their opportunity set to you. I think it's one of those areas where the market attached far more weight to Mark Carney's words than perhaps was seen in, in, in the real world. I think we all know that in the UK, rates are going to go up at some point, whether that be October this year or March or May next year is, to my mind, not hugely important. The margin has some impact on, on households, but you know, not of great significance, and the direction should be clear. Now, that, of course, all becomes a bit more complicated when you throw in the situation in Scotland. We're recording this two days before a vote which could have a material impact on monetary policy, and so we do need to see the outcome of that vote to get a, a better picture of what happens in the next six to 12 months. There is a scenario that says we have got rates will be lower for longer, but we also have a lot of political uncertainty and that you know, the currency weakens further. So I think we just need to be careful and to make sure that we can adapt and be flexible as we see the result of the vote. And again, to go back to a sector you mentioned a moment ago, you were talking about retail. Do you see uh, clearly that the food retailers have been very much in the news of late? Do you see any clarity over where that story is likely to play out over the next 18 to 24 months? I personally don't see any clarity because I think that the, the you know, Tesco's strategy will probably determine you know, the outlook for, for many of the players in the sector, as well as the strategy of the discounters. And as you know, private German companies, we don't have huge insights into what they're going to be doing. The food retail sector, though, is one of those sectors which is 1.5% of the market and 20% of the noise disproportionate to its actual importance in investing terms. I think we spent more time thinking about general retail, where Next is the largest holding. Um, but we think what makes Next attractive is more that it has its own future in its own hands. And that, to us, that ability of management to maybe not control, but certainly influence its own outcomes is, is very important. It will definitely follow the food retail sector, it's possible we're now seeing deep value emerging. It's possible that there's a profit pool within UK food retail, which is very stable, and which at some point may stop falling and may start to recover. But I think it's still too early. And we also made reference to the Scottish referendum, although clients will be listening to this after we know the, the outcome of the vote. Do you think that there is a danger in the UK that we've become 
obsessed about something that is very UK focused. And in terms of geopolitics globally, it has little impact on the broader market spectrum? Or do you actually think in terms of running your portfolio, it will have a major influence over the next 12 to 18 months? I think it's not so much the vote in Scotland in its own right, although that does have an impact on on clearly on some companies and on some sectors. And the benefit of being a, a stock picker is you can obviously avoid those where you think the impact will be greatest. I think it's more, so it's, it's the risks that arise from a yes vote. And I think my understanding is that the position in Catalonia at the moment is is such that it's unlikely to lead to a, a immediate call for a, a, a vote a vote there. But clearly, it, it will put the Eurozone under some greater pressure. I think the, the other risk we need to be aware of is that the, the UK recovery feels very good at the moment, but it's it's not so well founded that we can be entirely confident that it can be sustained, particularly if we get political turmoil that could come with a yes vote, by which I mean that you know you could well have a general election next year, followed by another general election 15 or 18 months later. So I think it's the uncertainty that markets really dislike. And that's the, that's the risk that a, a Scottish yes vote makes us concerned about. Let's see if your words are prophetic. Thank you oh, very much indeed for your time. <laughs> not at all. Thank you. Thank you oh, very much. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise, and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.